shelves right here, information on the front and the back about service times and what we've got going on. But we're asking you guys to go out and invite someone to our Christmas Eve service. It's amazing. We've got a little fun moment for our kids that's going to take place. And then we've got some awesome worship and music. We're doing candlelight service. We're doing communion. I've got a very short devotion. And we're promising you guys to have you out of here by 3 o'clock. Come on, somebody. Amen. By 3 o'clock because we know you're busy. And so, but it is an amazing service. Listen, guys, it is so Beautiful to get into this place and all the lights go out and the candles are lit and it is a service you don't want to miss. So turn to somebody and say, are you coming? Now turn to them and say, you better believe it. Amen. I didn't hear for like three of you, but it's okay. It's okay. We're going to be here. Love you guys. Thank you so much for being here today. We are continuing in our series today called Christmas. What's the point? Like, what's the point of all of this? And last week, we started talking about the point of Christmas is Jesus. Amen? Jesus is the reason for the season. And I know we hear that saying a lot. Matter of fact, sometimes we hear it so much, it doesn't really have the the zing that it once had. But here's the deal, guys. Without Christ, there is no Christmas. So the whole point of Christmas is Jesus Christ. And, And you have to be careful Because it's so easy to get caught up in other things. You know, we get caught up in the shopping and the decorating and the cooking and the parties and come on, the food. Come on, anybody know anything about food? Come on, where's all my eggnog people in the house? Anybody like eggnog? You're weird. But anyway, eggnog folks, you know, all of these things that happen. And listen, there's nothing wrong with these things. There's there's nothing wrong with any of that. But if we're not careful... All of these things will come in and begin to cloud out the real meaning of Christmas. And before you know it, you find yourself missing Christ at Christmas. But I mean, I thought about this. I mean, it's easy to miss things, right? Come on, how many of you have ever missed something before? Anybody ever missed something? It's easy to miss things. And so I thought I'd put up a few pictures for you today just to kind of show you how it's easy to miss things. Come on, how many of you can catch that right there? Are you missing anything in that picture? It says wireless HDMI cables. Come on, you got a cable with it, but it says... You'll get it later. All right, next picture. How hard is it to find what you're looking for when you paint the whole page? Come on, how many of you know you can miss some stuff there? Here's the next one. Come on, 24-hour protection, but you got to use that how many times a day? Come on, how many of you guys missed that one? And then last but certainly not least, we've got the ultimate island veggie burger. But hey, if you want to add some bacon to that, come on. Anybody missing something there? Come on, I don't even know it's so easy to miss things. And I begin to think about, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because have you ever thought why most of the world missed the first Christmas? 
Most everybody missed that first Christmas. Matter of fact, I can almost see it now. The Jerusalem Times comes out and it's the day after the birth of Christ. And they're like, hey, nothing to report. Nothing really happened yesterday. Kind of same old, same old. And yet there was an event that was so powerful that here we are over 2,000 years later. Talk about it, talking about it and celebrating the birth of a Savior, Jesus Christ. The fact is, there was only a few individuals who were there at that moment on that first Christmas. And I began to think, why was it just these individuals? Why was it just kind of four groups of people, if you will? These four people, why were they the only ones there? What was it about them? What, what qualities did they have that distinguished them to the point where God said, I want you to be at the first Christmas? And that's really what I want to kind of show you today is who was there at the first Christmas? What was the reason why they were there? And then at the end of the service today, I want to kind of tie it all in and, and talk about us. How can we make this the best Christmas we've ever had? With everything that's going on and everything that's happening, how can we not miss Christ at Christmas time. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write some things down. Let's look at the four who were there and, and what was their response? What was the reason why we're there? Well, how many of you remember Mary? Come on, Mary had to be there, right? Amen. Mary was there, but I think one of the reasons why she was there was because her response was one of contemplation. It was contemplation. What was it about Mary? I mean, have you ever thought about out of all of the women in the world, why God chose this teenager who was unmarried and living in poverty? What was it about her? I mean, ladies, put yourself in Mary's position. All of a sudden, an angel comes to you and says, hey, you're pregnant. It's by the Holy Spirit. And now you're walking around. I'm like, what do you say to that? I mean, who do you tell? Who do you not tell? You know, what do you tell your, your, uh, your fiancé, Joseph, at the time? What is everybody going to think about you? Here's the reason why Mary was chosen. Because Mary listened when God spoke. She was willing to listen when God spoke. Luke chapter 2, verse 19 says this, But Mary treasured up all of these things and pondered them in her heart. Now, this is right after Jesus was born. And then you've got the shepherds there, you've got the angels visiting, you've got all of this. And here is Mary, the moment has finally come. She is holding Jesus in her arms and she took a moment to contemplate, took a moment to reflect a few minutes on everything that was happening, everything that had gone on, all of the prophecies, everything. Mary's response was contemplation. When God spoke to her, she was willing to listen. She was willing to pay attention. Come on, how many of you know sometimes it's difficult to pay attention in a busy, noisy world? It's difficult when God is speaking into our hearts. Do we hide His Word in our hearts or do we let it go in one ear and out the other? Mary was willing to, to just simply stop and pay attention. Maybe she even took notes. Because history actually records that Mary was the one that told the Gospel writer Luke everything that happened. So Mary's response was contemplation. But then there was Joseph. Joseph was there on that first Christmas. And what was his response? His response was cooperation. Cooperation. And the Bible talks about how Mary and Joseph at this time, they were engaged. And man, I can kind of see this unfolding because engaged couples love to talk about what? Their big day. 
That's what they talk about. It's the biggest day in their lives, and they love to talk about that day. Mary and Joseph found themselves in that place where they were in love, in love, and don't care who knows. Come on, have you ever been there before? I'm telling you, we're going to be here all day. Amen. You ever been there before? You ever been to that place where you're just so much in love? Come on, I call it tingle love. You ever had tingle love? You just get around someone and you get the tingles. Mary and Joseph kind of had that tingle love. And so in my mind, I see Joseph maybe sending Mary a text saying, Hey, let's, let's meet up at Starbucks. We, we've got to work the details off because in Joe's mind... Man, there's some things he wants to see happening at the wedding. I mean, this is a big deal. I mean, his parents maybe have saved up a couple of goats, maybe even a cow for this wedding. And so they show up in that cafe and Mary's got some news for old Joe. She says, Joe, I've got something to tell you. I've got something I need to dial you in on. I'm pregnant and we both know it's not yours. And I can picture Joe saying, wait a minute, time out. What are you talking about? I mean, what, what's going on here? Yeah, I've got a baby inside of me and we know you're not the dad. See, we listen to this nice stained glass Christmas story that all of us have warmed up to. But let me tell you something. That was real life for them that morning, that afternoon when they had that conversation. It had to be a game changer. Because here's Joseph, and Joseph was thinking, wait a minute, I mean, I, I, I thought we were, we were going to be together, I, I'm committed to you, I thought you were committed to me, and Mary's like, yeah, wait a minute, but I'm, I'm pregnant by the Holy Ghost, and Joe's like, the Holy who? Come on, somebody, how many of you know? There's a life growing inside of me, and it's been planted by heaven itself. How many of you understand that's a difficult conversation? That's a difficult conversation. That coffee date didn't turn out the way Joseph wanted it to. And so now Joseph's thinking in his mind, I've got to change plans. I've got to go in a different direction. And the Bible says he drifted off to sleep. And when he drifts off to sleep, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. God showed up. Come on, how many of you know that God can show up in your life? Some of you in here today, life has not turned out the way you planned it. There's been some things to happen. There's been some curveballs. There's been some things kind of knock you off your feet. Someone said this, life is what happens to you when you had something else planned. But hear me today, even in your worst nightmare, your biggest mess, your ball of confusion, the Spirit of God can show up in your life. Proverbs 16, 9 says, we can make all the plans we want, but God orders our steps. And I begin to think about Joseph and how Joseph, he went to bed with information, but he woke up with revelation. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20 and 21, and then we skip to verse 24. It says, as he considered all of this, that, that meeting, all of that information, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son and you're to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Drop down to verse 24. When Joseph woke up, here it is. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. You want to know why God chose Joseph? Because he knew the response of Joseph would be one of cooperation. 
Didn't have all the details. Had a whole lot of stuff that didn't make sense. But Joseph was willing to say, God, if you said it, I'm willing, I'm on board. He was a a man of cooperation. Mary's response was contemplation. Joseph's response was cooperation. But what about the shepherds? Come on, I mean, you know, the shepherds were there as well. The The shepherds' response was one of celebration. Have you ever thought about of all the the individuals that God could have made this news known to, why did he choose the shepherds? You may not realize this, but shepherds were actually the lower class. They had low paying jobs. They they basically traveled around and watched sheep all day long. But, But what was it about these guys? Well, God knew that they would be excited that God was invading the earth. Luke chapter 2, verse 16, 17, and down in 20, it says, They hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, watch this, the shepherds returned praising and glorifying God for all they had heard and seen. Come on, who do you share good news with? You got something exciting, something happening in your life. Who do you want to share that news with? Do you want to share it with someone and you go up to them and you're, you're, you're a ball of excitement and nerves and you're like, yes, and you can't contain yourself and you share the news and somebody's just like, yeah, good. I mean, you, know, you don't want to share news with somebody like that. You want to share news with somebody like this. Look at this guy right here. We've got it on your screen coming up. Maybe. Someday, all right, maybe it's going to come up. There it is. Yeah, come on. Buckle up, baby. It's getting exciting in here. That's the kind of person you want to share news with. You want to share news with somebody that's going to get excited with you. You want to know why Christmas is not different at all for so many people? Because they've gotten bored with it. People have actually gotten bored with Christmas. They've heard the story of Jesus born in the manger so many times that they don't grasp hold of the meaning that God actually invaded the earth. In John 1.14, it says the word, that, that the word there is it's capital word talking about Jesus. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. One translation says the word became flesh and moved into our neighborhood. God showed up. He invaded the earth. I wonder if there's some good news that God is not telling us because He knows we wouldn't celebrate it. I mean, if I were God and I was telling news about something, for some people I would look down and say, man, can't you put more effort in it than that? I mean, you've been doing the same thing for 30 years. Isn't it time you try something new? Isn't it time you put some heart into it? And man, that's why we try everything we can to have services like this, to have weeks like this of celebration. Because listen, when you come in here, the last thing I want you to say when you come in here is, man, those guys are so predictable. There's nothing ever really happening. You know, I don't want us to ever lose the freshness that we have. I want you to wake up on a Sunday morning and the utterance of your lips simply be this. I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house of the Lord. That's what we want. We want times of celebration. 
The shepherds were willing to celebrate. And that's why God included them in the first Christmas. But then here's the fourth group. And it was the wise men. The wise men. What was their response? Their response was dedication. Dedication. You know, I thought about wise men and, and, and wise men and, and their response and all of that. And I was thinking about, so why not wise women? Why not wise women? Somebody told me the other day, they were like, Pastor, we're tired of you throwing the men under the bus all the time. But listen, what about wise women? Had wise women showed up, they would have asked for directions, arrived on time, helped deliver the baby, cleaned the stables, made a casserole, and brought practical gifts like diapers and a blanket and some wipes instead of some gold, silver, and myrrh. And all of the ladies said, Amen. Amen. I'm sorry, man. I love you guys. You know, history records that, you know, a lot of times we think there were three wise men because there was actually three different gifts, but that's not true because history tells us, and some scholars even believe that there were up to 300 wise men. And, you know, these guys were bringing like their whole entourage. They were, they were traveling for, for weeks, possibly, possibly, just hold right there, buddy, hold right they were traveling for weeks, possibly even for, for months at a time, trying to get to the opportunity to just see one Savior. Not let's hold Him, but just to see Him. Think about that. Traveling weeks, months, just to get one opportunity to see the Savior. And a lot of times we see the nativity scene, and we've got the shepherds and the sheep, and we see the three wise men, but that's not really the case because, again, some historians believe that there were up to 300 wise men, but here's something you may not have known, and that is the shepherds didn't make it on time to see the birth of Jesus. They showed up later at a house. Let me prove it to you. Matthew chapter 2, verse 11 says this On coming to the On coming to the house. Yes, on coming to the house. Not the stable. The house. They saw the child and his mother Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. And they opened the treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Why did they come? I mean, months, weeks, traveling, difficult terrain. And yet God knew that they would be willing to do whatever that needed to be done in order to get a glimpse of the Savior. And there's some of you right now, and you've been searching for answers for a long time. Maybe you've been waiting on a dream to come to pass. You've been, you've been waiting on something to come true. You've been waiting on some direction from God. And you're on the brink of giving up. You're on the brink of throwing in the towel and walking away. But listen, God chose the wise man because they were dedicated to seeing the Savior. So here's the question I've got to ask you. How can we make Christmas different this year? We've seen the four who were, who were present, who were there. We saw their response to it. But what is our response for 2020? 2020 has been one of the most craziest years. I think we can all agree to that. But here we are going into Christmas with just, just days away from Christmas. And what will our response be to Christmas? Can I tell you something? I believe it needs to be the same thing. So if you're taking notes, write this down. Here's the first thing that we need to respond to. Like Mary, we've got to say, you know what? I'm going to contemplate on God's Word. I'm going to contemplate on God's Word. 
You guys have heard me say this several times, but I am a big supporter of something that's called the first 15. The first 15. I didn't come up with it. You can Google it and read about it. But it's basically talking about the first 15 minutes of your day. Like before you really get hard into your day, what are you going to do for that first 15 minutes? Let's break it down into three. You're going to spend five minutes in the Word. Five minutes in the Word. Go to the New Testament. Start in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels. And you say, well, Pastor, I don't have five minutes. Okay? Read one psalm. Read one of the psalms. I don't have like a minute and a half. Okay? Read one proverb. Read something because I'd rather you read one sentence every day than nothing. Turn off all the news media. Turn off all the social media. Listen, let not the first part of your day be filled with social media and news media. Let it be filled with God's media. Let God speak into your heart. And here's what's going to happen. Psalms 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It changes your world. Just five minutes in God's word. Here's the second five minutes. We're going to spend five minutes in worship. We're just going to worship God. Listen, sometimes I could be having a day or an evening or a morning. And man, I put on some worship music about Jesus and it soothes the savage beast in me. Come on, anybody ever realize that? Some of you parents, your arms are worn out because you've been doing that all week long. Put you some worship music on and let it soothe your soul. Psalms chapter 34, 1 says, I will extol the Lord at all times. And then here's what it says. His praise will continually always be on my lips. So we're going to get into the word for five minutes. We're going to worship for five minutes. And then we're going to spend that third five minutes in prayer. In prayer. For some of you, you could spend a lot longer than this. For some of you, it may be a stretch. But listen to me. If you will take the first 15 minutes of your day, somewhere before you get your day really going, and spend it with God, it will change everything in your life. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 and 7 says this. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything. By what? Prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God. And let me tell you how powerful this is. Because here's the promise right after all of that. I'm going to give God 15 minutes. The first 15 of my day. Here's the promise. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts And minds in Christ Jesus. Turn to somebody and say, yeah. You're catching on. So we got to contemplate God's word. Here's the second thing we're going to do. Like Joseph, I'm going to cooperate with God's will. I'm going to cooperate with God's will. No matter how unlikely it seems, God, I'm going after you. The rest of this year in 2021, God, I'm going to let it be all about you. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. My kids know this scripture by heart because I repeat it to them every single day. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all of your ways, not some of them, in all of your ways, submit to Him and He will what? Make your path straight. Got to focus on God. 
cooperate with God. Listen, Joseph said, God, I don't understand this. This stuff isn't making a lot of sense, but I want to cooperate with your will. Can I ask you a question? What is your number one goal for your life right now? What is it? God's will, somebody said. What is your number one goal? I believe that God is going to call some of you to stretch. I believe God may be even calling some of you to reach beyond yourself, to do things for Him, to do things for your family, to do things for yourself you never dreamed of doing, but you're willing to say, God, I'm going after you. I'm willing to cooperate with your will. You know, it's sad because so many people look back on where you were last year versus where you are this year, at the end of this year, and you look back, and for some of you, yes, you have seen a big change. You have seen the hand of God move and work, and you are closer to God now than you've ever been. For some of you, you're kind of stale. You just, you're just kind of still sitting there. And for some of you, sadly enough, you've fallen backwards. You've fallen backwards. You slipped into some old patterns. So how do I break that? You've got to be willing to contemplate God's word. Cooperate with God's will. Here's the third thing. Like the shepherd, I'm going to celebrate God's presence. I'm going to celebrate God's presence. Listen, Christmas means that God is not a million miles away from you. He's right here with you. Psalms chapter 16 verse 11 says, You make known to me the path of life, and you will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Listen, if you want to know the secret to life, develop an awareness of God. Develop an awareness of God. Psalms 23 verse 4 says, Even though I go through the deepest darkness I will not be afraid. Why? Because you are with me. You don't know why Christmas is so depressing for so many people. Is oftentimes loneliness. We feel like we don't have anybody. But the Bible says that as a believer, you're never truly alone. There's a God who loves you. There's a God who is with you to help you. And all we have to do is say, God, I'm willing to cooperate with your will. I'm willing to contemplate on your word. I'm willing to celebrate your presence in my life. Life may not have gone like I want it to. May have to face some hills and some valleys. May have to struggle through some tough times. But God, I'm willing to celebrate your presence. And then here's the fourth thing. Like the wise men, I'm going to dedicate God's gifts. In other words, I'm going to do my very best. I'm not going to give God my leftovers. Come on. You're not giving God your leftovers. You're giving God everything you've got. You're giving it to Him. Too many people today, we're giving God leftovers. You know why I said the first 15 minutes of your day? Because that's when you're the freshest. That's when you're alert. That's when, you know, get that shower, whatever. But before you really start that day, that's when you're focused. Too many times in life, we want to give God the last 15 minutes before we close our eyes and we've got nothing left. We want to give God our best. Romans chapter 12, verse 6 says this, God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. Come on, there's certain things that you can do well. So what are we supposed to do? Well, let's go back to verse 1. It says, give your bodies to God a living sacrifice. 
when you think of all that He has done for you, is this too much to ask? Man, in closing, let me ask you this. What do, what do you give Jesus for His birthday? What do you give someone who, who has everything? What do you give Him? You know, last week we, we talked about the different ones who, who missed out on Christmas. We talked about the innkeeper who just said, man, life is too busy right now. I, there's no room, no vacancy right here. Going back in, there's a stable. What about the religious leaders? They were indifferent. They didn't care. We, we've got our traditions. We've got everything. We don't, we don't need Jesus. And what about Herod? He was just scared. Intimidation. You, know, you want to know what you can give Jesus for His birthday? Here it is. Here's the one present that He wants. You. Your life. He wants you. You can give Him some contemplation. You can wake up in the morning and open up His Word and let salty tears run down your face and allow God to speak into your heart. You can not only give Him contemplation, but you can give Him some cooperation. God, I don't have to have all the answers. Be nice. But Lord, if this is the direction You're leading me, I'm willing to go. You can give God some celebration every day when you wake up. You say, this is the day the Lord has made. And I'm going to make a declaration with my mouth. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. And then you can give Him some dedication. God, I'm not living my life halfway for you. I'm going all in. I'm going all in. I'm giving you everything I've got. So at the end of the day, I can stand there and say like the Apostle Paul, I fought a good fight. Man, I finished my race. I finished my course. And henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the righteous judge will give to all who are faithful to Him. So where are you at today? What are you not giving to God? Maybe some of you in here, you're saying, well, man, you know what? I've, I've, I've given Him my life. I've given Him everything I got. Can I tell you something? That's the greatest thing you can give Jesus. And listen, I know 2020 has been crazy. <clears throat> I realize that. I, as your pastor, am struggling right now. Because on one hand, there, there are three people that I'll never see come back into the doors of this house and I'm going to miss them like crazy. But on the other hand, I also know where they're at. And I also know what's going to happen on the day that I open my eyes up and they're going to be at the gates celebrating. Yeah! He made it! Amen! Is it a tough year? Yes, it has been. Is it a crazy year? Yes, it has been. Has it been a hurtful year for some? Yes, it has. But at the end of the day, you understand that we're all just passing through this thing called life. The Bible constantly uses words like strangers and aliens and foreigners in this land. We're, we're not... We're not to ever be 100% totally satisfied in this world because this is not our home. We're just passing through. 
while I'm passing through on this journey, ever how long God chooses to leave me here, you know what? I'm going to give Him everything I've got. I'm not going to give Him half. I'm going to give Him everything. I'm going to wake up and open up His Word and allow that Word to speak into my heart. I'm going to contemplate on the things that He's speaking into me. I'm going to cooperate with His will. God, what is Your will for my life? What is the direction we need to go? And guys, I can go ahead and tell you, we have got several things planned for next year that we feel like is God's will for this house. So God, I'm going to cooperate. But God, you know what I'm also going to do? I'm going to celebrate the events and moments like this. I'm going to celebrate the fact that every day I get up, God, you're with me. Every day I go through life, you're with me. I'm going to celebrate that. And then God, I'm going to dedicate my life to you. To going after you. And that means every once in a while, looking back and saying, okay, here's where I was in 2019. Here's where I'm at in 2020. If I don't see any growth, okay, God, which, which one of these four things have I failed to do? Because I failed in one area. I want to see growth in my life. I want to see growth in your life. Because I love you. So as you go out through this Christmas, Ms. Dora, it's going to be a little tough this year. You know that. But God is still with you, sweetie. Man, Miss Christie, it's going to be tough this year, sweetheart. But God's still with you. There's a scripture in Timothy where it talks about our departure. You know, and in, in, in Paul is talking about his departure. And the word departure is actually a, a, a nautical term. And, you know, Miss Dora, we, we talked about this the other day at the celebration service. And I know Miss Christie is a big, big cruise fan. Come on, does anybody take cruises and just love to cruise and all of that? I went on one. Come on. One. <laughs> I did that the whole time I was out. No, I don't care how good that buffet is, no. But anyway, the, the word departure there is a nautical term. And when someone is leaving and going on the trip, there's always some people at the port. And they're waving. They're saying, hey, we're going to miss you. We're going to miss you. And there may be some tears there, and they're, and they're waving as you're, as you're departing. But when you get to the other port, there's people over there waving and celebrating. Man, we're glad you're here. We're glad you've arrived. It's so good to see you. And that's what it's like in life. There's some times in life where we've got to depart from here because this is not our final home. And it's hard and it hurts. Man, it hurts so bad and we're crying and we're waving. But imagine the other side when they wake up and there's Jesus and there's the angels and there's all of our loved ones and they're waving, welcome home. And everyone right here, we're waiting for our moment. Is it sad to see them go? Absolutely. But think about what was waiting for them when they opened their eyes and they docked at the port of heaven. And that's what awaits you and I. Departure. So while I'm here, 
I'm giving him everything I've got. Come on, stand with me all over the house. While I'm here, I'm going to contemplate on his word. While I'm here, I'm going to cooperate with his will. While I'm here, I'm going to celebrate his presence. And while I'm here, I'm going to be dedicated to him like never before. I'm giving him everything I've got. No half stepping here. God, we're going all in for you. Don't you close your eyes with me all over the house? Father, thank you. We've celebrated today. We've had a great time today. And Lord, we've come now to this moment. You're moving, you're working, you're touching hearts, you're touching lives. So won't you bow your heads with me? Let me just talk to you just for a moment. Where are you at right now in your life? If I were to come by and ask you on a scale from 1 to 10, 1 being the lowest, 10 being the highest, on a scale of 1 to 10, if you looked at your life, could you say that, hey, man, I'm at a 10 right now. Or could you honestly say, you know what, I'm kind of at a 1. Life's just not going good. Maybe you've slipped away. Maybe you've taken a turn. Maybe you've missed out on one of the four things that I believe God's called us to do. Can I just say this to you today? This is your moment right now. God brought you here for such a time as this to connect with you, to love you, to put his arms around you and let you know that you are not alone in this thing called life. Emmanuel, God with us. So if you're lonely, if you're hurting, man, maybe you come in here and you just say, I've never accepted Christ as my Savior. Guess what? The greatest gift to give Jesus is you. Could you slip a hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. Pray for me. I'm going through some tough times right now. I'm, I just need some help. I need for God to show up. Seize the hand. Seize the hand. I just need Him in my life. Seize the hand. I need Him like never before. Father, in the name of Jesus, You saw every hand that was raised in this place. I don't know the needs. I don't know the hurts and the pains and the heartaches, but God, You do. And Father, right now, we lay Him at Your feet. Speak into our hearts. Give us a peace that surpasses all understanding today. And maybe you were here today and you raised your hand and you said, you know what? Today's the day. I'm tired of running. I'm going all in. If that describes you, let's pray this prayer as a family today going into Christmas. Just simply say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. But Father, I believe you died on the cross and rose the third day. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me, wash me clean, reveal to me your will. And God, I make a profession now that God, I'm going to contemplate on your word. God, I'm going to cooperate with your will. God, I'm going to celebrate your presence. And I'm going to dedicate my life to you. In Jesus' name. Come on, everybody, give God a big hand clap of praise all over the house today. Thank you.